Thanks for joining us online today. We are really glad you're here. Core Church is a place of hope, healing, peace, and purpose. And if you don't have a church home, we'd love for you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. And if we can help you in any way through prayer or support, we want to encourage you to use the links that are in the description. Thanks for joining us, and we pray this message both encourages and inspires you. Uh, my prayer leading up to this day today is that you will experience um, a miracle, that today God would do a miracle for you. I was praying through these seats on Thursday because I knew what I was going to preach and how heavy it is and how difficult it is, but um, I just prayed that God would be merciful to you, that he would speak to all of us, but that, that he'd just do a miracle for you. If you got a Bible, let's go to Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. I love this passage we're going to read together because it is a passage of scripture where I think we most see Jesus relating to us as humans. He was fully God, fully man, and we see it right here in this passage of scripture that Jesus can relate God, God himself can relate to our pain. It's why he, why he came, Mark chapter 14. So one of our core practices is persistent prayer. What have you been praying for over and over and over again? And prayer is something we are to do continually, not just one time, but all the time. And so we're in this series called Prayer Under Pressure. Prayer is the answer for the pressure I'm under. Turn to somebody, encourage them, and tell them prayer is your answer. Prayer is, prayer is your answer. Prayer is your answer. During this series, we're going through a 21-day prayer challenge. You can find that on Version. Uh, that's a great app if you are looking for a Bible. That's a great app to download. We also have free Bibles out in the uh, lobby. If you're starting your journey with Jesus, we have some guides out there to help you with that. But we're in a 21-day prayer challenge where every day we're, we're praying. And not only are we praying that way, but we're praying um, over these cards. What are, your, what are your pressure points? Do you have your pressure point card? Have you been praying over this? Those of you here last week, you, we, we wrote down our three pressure points and um, I have been, ha I've had this in front of me every day, praying um, over mine that are um, just so frustrating, to be honest with you. <laughs> Can I just, you know what I mean? It's like, ah, and just so overwhelmed by some of them um, that I don't even want to look at it half the time because I look at it and just ah, reminds me how I don't have that yet. So if, if you weren't here last week in your chair back, uh, you'll find a card like this. I encourage you to write down your three pressure points. We're trying to pray over these all during the month of November, committing to that every day to see what, what God will do for us. So how do you pray when you're under pressure? When you're under a lot of pressure, you're under stress, and whether it's your family or your health or your finances or uh, maybe some habitual habit that you can't give up, some sin pattern that is destructive in your life, um, or, or something you're believing for that's not happening. How do you keep praying when, when the pressure will not subside? And we get some answers here in Mark's gospel. So Mark chapter 14, if you're new to the scriptures, Mark was not one of the disciples. Uh, Mark was a companion, primarily of Peter. And so Peter talked to him about Jesus and Mark wrote it all down. And then he also talked to other disciples and other eyewitnesses, but primarily we believe, as far as we can tell, he, Mark talked to Peter. So this particular 
part of the scripture in Mark chapter 14, uh, Peter is talking to him about, um, they've just had the last supper and Jesus is about to be betrayed. He's about to go to the cross. And what I, I love about this story here is like, we're gonna like read the firsthand account of imagine Peter and he's talking in this moment to Mark and Mark's just writing it down as fast as he can. So it's, it's found in Mark 14 and verse 32. I read out of the New Living Translation. So you're looking for the NLT on your Bible app. It says, they, they went to the olive grove, they, they being the disciples, called Gethsemane. And Jesus said, sit here while I go and pray. And he took Peter, James, and John with him, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. So get the picture here. He's with all of his disciples, but he leaves some of the disciples, and now he's only with Peter, James, and John. So Peter's like, so the other disciples weren't there. I was there, and let me tell you what happened in this moment. Jesus told Peter, James, and John, my, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here, keep watch with me. And then he went on a little further and, and he fell to the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, the, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. I can just see Mark just frantically writing these words down because he wasn't there, nobody else was there. Peter, James, and John, Peter's like, no, this is how it happened. This is what went on. And, and then Jesus prayed this. He said, Abba, Father, and he cried out. Everything is possible for you. Please, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Today I want to talk to you about the cup of suffering. So let's start with just praying together. If you just bow your heads for a moment. What I know is all of us have a, a cup of suffering, either something traumatic from your past or something maybe you're walking through right now. And I know when we, when we talk uh, on subjects like this, it's, it's a trigger. It just kind of resurfaces all of it. And it's, and it's you're gonna just hear some things and you're, gonna wanna, you're just gonna wanna get up and kind of leave. <laughs> and you're gonna feel trapped because you're in a seat and if, if I get up during the message, everybody's gonna know it's me. They're gonna know I'm the one that's struggling. But I wanna encourage you to fight through it. Because on the other side of this, God has hope for you. Because through what Jesus went through, we, we learn how to travail. So Father, in this moment, be merciful. Be merciful to us, for we need you. And we recognize our frailty and our brokenness and our struggles and we just don't know what to do. Would you help us, we pray, in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. You can be seated. Pressure coming down on me. I wasn't even ready for that. <laughs> Is that why you guys were working that up earlier? Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, that's good. We should have had that every week in this series, man. On the fly, give them some love. Come on, that was... I love that song, but I don't know any of the words to it because they kind of mumble it during the whole song. I'm like, all I know is that under pressure, that's the only part you ever get frustrated when you're listening to songs. You're like, hey, now the world is knowing all is about. 
under pressure. Oh, I mean, there is, there is pressure, though. There's, I mean, li- life, life is full of disappointment, heartache, loss, frustration. If, if anybody understands that at all, it's Sooner fans. It's, uh... Oh, no, he didn't. Yes, he did. Oh, it has been a week. Come on. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. It's gonna, is, is the orange too much? Is it too much? Is it, is it too much? All right. Okay. All right. I'm throwing a flag on that one. Okay. I am. I'm sorry. That's just, you know who needs this flag? Dick Hanna. Where's Dick Hanna at? He has really been struggling. Here, this is a Sooner hanky. This is what this is. It's a Sooner hanky for you. Give that to him. He could use that. Yeah, yeah, it's just so bad, yeah. How about an OSU chant right now? UCF, UCF. You, no, 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 all right. Hey, if you're new to Core Church, I'm an equal opportunity basher. That's what I am. Uh, no one is exempt. Like, and by the way, Sooner fans, OSU fans, Cowboy fans, I mean, I'm talking NFL now. I get your, I know your frustration. I have been a Raider fan my entire life. Okay, so I am with you on this. I mean, the last 20 years have been just absolutely brutal. I mean, to the point where Laura and I have been married almost 40 years. She, this year, she came up to me and she said, maybe you need to pick a new team. Get thee behind me, Satan, okay? I mean, those are the words of Jesus. Those are not my words, Okay. I, don't you wish that uh, heartache and pain and disappointment was only relegated to sports? Wouldn't that just be great? Uh, but it's not, because life, life is difficult. Life is frustrating. We all experience loss. Um, we experience uh, heartache. We experience uh, betrayal. We experience death, uh, divorce, abuse, abandonment. Uh, you get that the doctor who has no answers. You get, you get the, the unexpected phone call that everything's good and then everything's, everything's not. And, and, and as followers of Jesus, you know, you, you pray and, and, and you hope and, and, and you, you believe and... and and you're begging God, you're begging God to do something. But so often, the answer doesn't come. And, and, and you, have to, you have to drink the, the cup of suffering. What, what do you do when... when when the weight of suffering is just more than you can bear, what, what do you do? This is, this is why I'm so captivated by Jesus here in this moment. I, I just take great solace and comfort in this was my Savior. And we see here that this is, this is where Jesus is. It's the, it's the night of his arrest, and he returns to this familiar place. He, he goes often, if you're new to the scriptures, he, he would often go to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. And we read this in verse 33. He became what? Say it with me. What? 
deeply troubled and distressed. Like he, he told them, my soul is what? Crushed with grief to the point of, of death. All, all hell is about to be unleashed on him here in this moment and he knew it and he was overwhelmed by it. So, so for you, where, where are you deeply troubled like Jesus? Where are you distressed? Where are you, where are you crushed with grief? I, as followers of Jesus, we often feel like we don't have permission to have those feelings. You know, you know I, I like, uh, I, you're, you're supposed to have faith, hope. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I mean, you're supposed to have all, all of these these, these feelings, all these this way, and, and what am I supposed to do, though, when, when I'm deeply troubled, distressed, and I'm crushed with grief? Am I just supposed to be okay with not being okay? It seems as if that's kind of what we're taught and how we're supposed to act and how we're supposed to be. So what do we do? We smile, we fake it. We even lie to ourselves. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> and you're not oh okay. It's it's like getting a, a gift that you didn't want at Christmas. You know what I mean? It's like somebody you love gives you something you don't love. And you know, it's coming, it's coming, it's only a few weeks away. Oh, a candle. Wow, thank you. Pomegranate, my favorite. Oh, it even has the Ross sticker still on it. That's great. Mm. $4.99 of love. Oh, you really care about me? I mean, but you got to kind of fake it, don't you? And that's how we feel like we've got to do. But if, let me tell you this. If, if you feel troubled, if you feel distressed, if like Jesus, you feel crushed to the point of death, you are in good company. This is the story of Scripture, and this is the story of the people who occupy these seats. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, He's, he's talking about me. He's talking about me. But we're, we're not alone. We see this in scripture and we just talked about it last week, didn't we? We talked about Elijah. Elijah who was overwhelmed and stressed, being hunted down. He runs to the wilderness. We talked about withdrawing to the wilderness for prayer. He withdraws to the wilderness and what's his prayer? I wanna die. He literally said, Take me now, kill me dead. We see another story in the Old Testament, King Jehoshaphat, and he's surrounded by three armies, and he knows that there is no way out. They want him to surrender. They're gonna crush him. They are not gonna win this battle, and the scripture tells us he was distressed and he was troubled. He didn't know what to do. Mary and Martha in scripture, their brother, brother, their brother dies, Lazarus dies, and Jesus shows up, and they are overwhelmed, and they go to Jesus and say, if you'd only, if you'd only been here. Have you ever told Jesus that before? Well, if you'd only been here, if God was involved, this would not have happened, but yet these things happen, and here we find Jesus in this story, divine, but he's human. It's okay to not be okay because you're human. Encourage somebody, encourage three people around you right now and tell them, hey, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. Come on, three people, it's okay 
to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. Like, like these men and women and, G, and Jesus, you, you are, you're human. And so it's not about the feelings you, that you experience. That's not the problem. It's, it's how are you dealing with all of your humanness? So these men and these women and, and Jesus, what we see is they gave us an example to follow. They, they cried out to the Lord in prayer, every one of them. Look at what it says in verse 34. Jesus said this, stay here and what? Say it with me. Keep watch with me. In other words, pray with me. That's what Jesus is saying here. Would you pray with me? If you're taking notes, write this down. And if you're new, there's sermon notes in your chair back in front of you. Again, I want to say this. I want to reemphasize prayer is the answer for the pressure I'm under. Prayer is the answer for the pressure that I'm under. What I, I first love about this story is that Jesus didn't go it alone. He, he had Peter, James, and John with him. He was surrounded by his closest friends. So here's the question, who's keeping watch with you? Are, are you going it alone? Or do you, do you have people that you've been able to confide in? As we've been talking, and, and, and that, that event is, is up, it's, it's on the screen in front of you, it's being played out and has been for the last 10 minutes, and, and you're thinking about it, who else knows? Because if Jesus let people know, we all need to let people know. If Jesus needed people, we all need people. Come on, say, turn to somebody and say, I need some people. I need, I need some people. I need some people. Jesus had Peter James and John, and I love this. Jesus, he was, man, he was, he was honest, he was open, and he was vulnerable. And this was at a men's prayer gathering. <laughs> now, ladies, you've never been to a men's prayer gathering. I recognize that. But let me tell you, all the men understand when I say, hey, it's B-Y-O-T. Bring your own tissue. Because we men... I mean, Curtis, just last week, him and I together, man, he was weeping on control. I said, right here, buddy. Put it right here, right on this shoulder. <laughs> Some of you don't know Curtis. Okay, that's a very vulnerable man. He's a very vulnerable, open, transparent man. Yeah, him and Jerry. Jerry over there, Jerry as well. Same thing. I'm like, here, get, here other shoulder, Jerry. Take the other, other shoulder, buddy. Yeah, I mean, we, there's just, you know, um, we're just, there's a lot of embracing. A lot of embracing in men's path, prayer gatherings. Yeah, we, li we like to hold each other. We like to hold each other at arm's length. That's what it is, at arm's length. I mean, this is, this is nuts. But do you, do you have somebody in, in your life that you're open, you're honest, and you're vulnerable with? This, what I love about these, these cards that we filled out last week was uh, hearing back from our, our small groups and hearing how you guys are all praying for one another, how you took it to your group. And maybe for the first time for so many of you, you're like, okay, here's, here's my three. I was in a text thread with a bunch of, of guys and, and um, you could tell the guys that were gonna go first, you know what I mean? Like, they're, I'm gonna go first. And you could tell the guys who were lagging, which was me, like, ah, ah. 
But then you see somebody be vulnerable and it gives you permission to be vulnerable, doesn't it? That's what I love about it. When somebody is open and honest, it gives you that opportunity to be open and honest. Like just this week, I, I heard back from some of our small groups and our groups right now are getting in, they get in groups with men and, and groups with women and they're praying for these requests and then praying every day. Can you imagine somebody praying every day over what it was on your card? Some of the cards that came in, these were, this is just the men. This is not women. It's just the men. Loneliness. One of the top pressure points, loneliness, lust. My family is broken. Finances. Another guy put down depression. Who's keeping watch with you? Do you have somebody keeping watch with you? We need to keep watch for one another. We gotta keep watch with one another in prayer. Then back to the scripture in verse 35. It says that Jesus went on a little further and say this with me, he what? He fell to the ground. <laughs> Jesus, Messiah, son of God, but he's also fully human and he, he falls to the ground. But when he fell to the ground, he fell to the ground in a way that was prostrate before God. He prayed. He prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Again, get the picture here. Jesus is moments away, and he knows it, moments away from, from being betrayed. And unlike us, he's not just human, but he is fully divine. He knows what's coming. He knows This is why the Father sent him, and now the hour is at hand. I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be tried. I'm going to be spit on. I'm going to be mocked. I'm going to be abandoned by everybody. I am going to be beaten. I am, they're going to drive nails into my hands. I am going to be crucified, and I am going to die. This is what he's right on the brink of facing. This is the cup of suffering. The cup of suffering is inevitable. At some point, we all have to drink from that cup. So my question is, what's your response what, what's your response to the, to the cup of suffering? I, I find that there are primarily four responses. The first one is that I'm just gonna buck up against it. I'm just, I'm, man, I'm, I'm man up. I got, I got this. I, I'm, I'm fine. This is my, I'm fine. How, how you doing? Do you, do you have that? Are you, I, I'm good, man. I'm just, I'm working through it. And all by myself, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna handle this. The second response you might wanna write down is this, they buckle. So if you're, not, if you're not bucking up, you're buckling. I mean, you're just completely a train wreck, falling apart, can't hardly breathe. I mean, it's just everything is dark, no way forward. You're just done. If it's not one of those, then it's, it's bolt. I'm gonna get as far away from this pain as I possibly can. Sometimes that means running and literally moving to a new address getting away as far away physically as I can. Sometimes it's, it's running to an app on your phone or running to a, a, a streaming service or it's running to a bottle or running to a pill, but you're, 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 gonna, you're gonna run. I wanna encourage you to get to the fourth one, and that is to bow. Bow. This is where we find Jesus. He, he fell on his face before almighty God. Prayer is the answer for the pressure that you're under. Come on, tell somebody next to you, tell them prayer is the answer. Prayer 
is the answer. So how do we pray when we're under that kind of pressure? What do we say? What do we do? What, is it, what does it look like? I want us to, to look here at the prayer of Jesus because he, he shows us a pathway when you're drinking from the cup of suffering. Verse 36, Jesus says, Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I, yet I, I want your will to be done, not mine. The first thing that we see Jesus do here is he, is he calls out Abba, Father. He puts the word Abba with Father. In other words, that word Abba, it just simply means this idea of a child looking at a loving father. I don't know what your father figure is on this earth. I don't know whether it was good or it was bad, but you have a good father who loves you, a heavenly father who cares about you. And Jesus in this moment is coming to him like a child would come to a father. You gotta come to Jesus, you gotta come to God like, like a child coming to a loving father. God, I, I know that you love me. I know what I see, but I, I, I trust that you're good. I trust that you care about me. And, and he does. God does not sit idly by while you go through your suffering. That, that's sick, that's vindictive, that's abusive. That is not our heavenly father. He's not watching you going, good luck. Hope you're gonna be okay. No, no, no. He enters into our suffering. This is the hope we have as followers of Jesus. This is the hope the world does not have. They're walking through it alone. They're taking every, all the beatings, all the abuse themselves, but this is what, Jesus gives us this example. He left the throne of heaven. God left heaven, came, walked on this earth, and he went before us. He took the first drink. He walked the path. He took the beatings. He took the nails, he took the cross all the way to death for our freedom. Can I get an amen right there? Like this is, this is the picture I want you to have when you're going through suffering and you can't handle the weight of it anymore. Guess what? When you can't handle it anymore, God steps in. You, this is the thing as a follower of Jesus, you have no idea how much God is taking on your behalf. That if you didn't have Jesus, how broken you would be. You, you think, man, I can't handle the weight of this. You have no idea what God is taking on your behalf. This is our Father. This is Abba, Father. He's good. He, he loves me. I can trust him. I can trust him. So he calls him Abba, Father, and then it says that he, he cried out. I love that. He, he didn't hide his anguish or his pain. It was, this was permission to be honest. You have permission to be honest with God and use whatever colorful words you need to use. That may not be very popular for me to say that in this room, and I apologize to you, but Sometimes when you're alone with God, there's just only so, there's a certain, there's only one way to say it, how broken you are. 
And God's okay. He understands. He knows. He, he, can, he can handle that. This is what I love about the Psalms. When you read the Psalms, you see in the Psalms that they're, they're like so broken and they're coming before God like, where are you? You not see what's happening to me? You not see how broken I am? Do you not see how my enemies come up against me? Do you not see? If you've never read the Psalms like that, you have not read the Psalms. Because I love it at the end of the Psalm though, whether it's David or whoever was writing Moses, whoever was writing that Psalm, they'd say, but... But the Lord is my stronghold. The Lord is my fortress. Greatly to be praised. You can cry out to him. And Jesus says, says, everything is possible for you. Everything is possible for you. This This is you in this moment of brokenness, just acknowledging God's power and authority. When you pray to him in your brokenness and your heartache and your pain, just... You see no way out, and honestly, there is no way out. Like, everything that you could possibly buy or pay for or subscribe to or or collect isn't going to fix it. But God can, because he is all-powerful. He is in authority. He is sovereign over all things, and he loves you. He's a God of miracles. The miracles of Scripture are not just reserved for those in the Scriptures, is a living, breathing document. In other words, we're living the scriptures right now. If they were to continue writing the scriptures, they would write your story into the scripture. It's a living, breathing document. Everything is possible with God. And then Jesus gets to this point where he says, please. Please. Would you just take this cup of suffering? I can't, please. He's just begging the Father in this moment. Is there another way? This is where you just ask God. Ask him. Ask him to change your circumstance. Ask him to change the situation. Ask him to change you. This is the the thing about God. God is unchanging. You cannot change God. You can't change God's character. But God's mind can be changed. We see this throughout scripture. Abraham prayed. He said over Sodom and Gomorrah, hey, come on, please don't destroy the city. And God said, okay, if you find anybody that's righteous, I'll change my mind. Moses is is praying as the children, the nation of Israel has disobeyed God and God's so angry with them. He's like, he's telling Moses, I'm gonna destroy them all. And Moses intercedes and says, please don't, please, please don't. And it says in the book of Exodus, God changed his mind. David is praying, his son is is near death and he prays for seven days that his son would live. He's begging God to take away the cup of suffering. He's praying over and over again. The one thing I learned from that story of David with his son is this, man, don't stop praying until the heart stops beating. Don't stop praying until the heart stops beating. Until it is over, it ain't over. Don't write the end of the story when maybe it's just the end of a chapter, but God is not done. Take the cup of suffering. Then he says, I, I, he just finally, and then he just said, okay, I, I want your will, not mine. In, in other words, he, he just said, I, I, I submit to you as the father and, and to, to, to your plan. And this is what you have to do in this moment is just say, okay, God, I'm, this is what I desire, this is what I want. 
you know my heart, you know what I'm asking you for, but okay, I'm looking to you, I'm trusting you, I'm gonna walk your path, wherever that might take me. And for Jesus, he had to drink the cup of suffering. The father didn't, didn't take the cup away. See, we wanna, we wanna take scripture and massage it a little bit and change it up to a super happy ending in that moment, but he had to drink the cup of suffering. He had to walk the path. He had to endure the cross. He had to die. Just a few days before this moment, Jesus actually predicted this suffering and dying that was coming his way. In John's gospel, John writes it this way in John 12, 24, Jesus said this, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death, its death will, will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. So, so the, the cup of suffering, it didn't end in death. For Jesus, and it doesn't end in death for you. It ended in a glorious resurrection. This is the hope for all of us who follow Jesus. You might be staring down death, but on the other side of death is a resurrection. You might have to drink the cup of suffering, but on the other side of suffering, praise God, there is a resurrection. Can I get an amen right there? This is our God. This is what he will do. Last week I was talking about acorns and Laura's infatuation with acorns. Um, she's gone crazy on acorns around our house. And it was so, so funny, last week after I talked about acorns, and I guess they've got them in the women's bathroom, but they're in like one of those monkey vases where you put your, can't get your hand in it and get the acorns, and women were shaking it and pushing on it, trying to get the acorns out like they're specially blessed or something. I don't know. Like, that's a special blessing acorn. I've got to get one of those. I don't, I don't know. But if you weren't here last week, let me bring you up to speed. Acorns are everywhere right now. They're just nuts. They're just, I don't know what, it's an acorn invasion right now. And what I said last week as I was talking about is that so many of us are praying for oak trees and all you've got is an acorn. This is it. Like this? And it's crazy how God can, can bring an oak tree from something this small. But this is the power of our God. But let me tell you where we're at today is that you're holding on to this acorn, you're believing for an oak tree and God's coming to you and he's saying, I, I need you to give me that. Like, give you, give you, give you that. That's that's all I that's all I got. Just this little bit of hope to hold on. Give you that, and God says, Yeah, yeah, you gotta, you gotta give it to me. And he takes it from you. The very thing you're praying for, he takes it from you. But the promise of scripture is that that acorn has to be planted in the ground and it has to die. And if it'll die a plentiful harvest of new life will come from it. If, if you're willing to let it go and give it to God. He says, yeah. It's gonna bring about a death. I don't know what that death looks like for you. But if you trust me, it'll lead you to a resurrection. 
It's what we've been talking about all year. It's Ezekiel 37, the valley of dry bones. You find yourself in this valley of dry bones and no hope. And Ezekiel's surrounded by bones. And, and God says to Ezekiel, the prophet, do you, hey, do you think these bones can live? And Ezekiel says, I have no idea. What a great response. And that has to maybe be your response. I don't know, God, what's going to come from this shamble of bones. And God says, I'm going to breathe my breath on those bones. I'm going to put my spirit into those bones and they're going to have ligaments and flesh, and, and, and I'm going to put my breath into those bones, and it's going to walk out of that valley a mighty army. And God says, I'm going to walk you out of that valley of bones, and if you'll trust me, I'll walk you into an Isaiah 43 season of new beginnings. God has new beginnings for you. Encourage somebody, tell them new beginnings are coming. New beginnings are coming. Will you pray with me? I want to encourage you that if you have your card to take it out and look at those three pressure points. And if you've not filled out a card, take, take a card there and chair back in front of you. Write down your pressure points. You're going to hold on to that. It's not coming to me. It's not coming to the church. So write what you want on that card. But what if you began to pray the prayer of Jesus over that? Just start by saying, Abba, Father, look at what you're dealing with. You're good. You're good. I can trust you. And just cry out to him. Let, him. let him know what you're struggling with. Let him know your frustration. Let him know the bitterness and anger and grief and heartache and sickness that you're feeling. Acknowledge. Acknowledge his power and authority. Everything is possible with you, God. Look at that, look at that card go. How long have I been praying for that? The doctor said it's impossible. People are telling me that's never going to happen. It's been way too long. Oh, but God says, everything is possible with me. And then just ask him, ask him to take it. Say, I need you to take this, God. I, I can't, would you, would, you, would, you, would you take this from me? Trust his, trust his character that he's good. The last thing is just acknowledge his, his will to be done in this situation. All right, God, I... I'm trusting your will to be done in this circumstance and in this situation. Father, we bring these to you now. I pray hope in this room, healing and peace and purpose in this room. If you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, today's a good day for you to put your faith in him. Jesus went before you. He, he took the pain of the cross. Salvation is found in no other name but Jesus. And for you today, the only way out of your sin and your shame and your brokenness and your regret is to confess that to him right now. And so if you want to become a follower of Jesus, I encourage you right now, just confess that to him. Say, God, here's, here's who I am. Here's what I've done. I'm asking you to forgive me. I'm asking for your grace and your mercy. And he says, guess what? You have it. I am Abba Father. This is who you're praying to, a father who loves you and says, let me take that from you. 
I forgive you. Let me give you a new life. Let me take you out of that valley of dry bones. Let me bring you into your new beginning. God, thank you that you're bringing new life into this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God some praise for new life that we believe that he's gonna bring about a resurrection in our lives? We hope this message today has encouraged and inspired you. If you don't have a church home, we'd love for you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. And if we can support you or encourage you or help you in any way, please use any of the links that are in the description. Thanks again for joining us online. We pray you have a great week.